loud applause in the memory of West Ham striker Dylan Tombides, a 20-year-old Australian who died yesterday following a three-year fight against testicular cancer. He made his senior debut in a League Cup tie against Wigan two years ago and he was on the bench with the first team earlier this season. Members of the family have accepted West Ham's offer to retire the number 38 shirt. So Dylan is only the second West Ham player after Bobby Moore to receive that honour. The Army. Oh, it's a good change of direction by the Army! Good save, Speroni. I reckon he turned that over. He'll retrieve this. Nolan's waiting. It's gone to... Oh, Carroll was shoved, surely. Not given. This is Cameron Jerome. Belassi's trying to get into the centre. Down goes Jerome. Yes, penalty. Yedinak is going to take it. Adrian is the goalkeeper. And Yedinak scores. It's a good penalty. I think Sam said he, they could have had a couple of penalties. I think we could have had a couple more as well. Well, we think Andy was fouled in the first half. And, of course, looking at that, it certainly looks like a, a blatant penalty to me. And, um, and that has uh, obviously been the difference today. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast. This is a, another somber edition. I don't, there can't be many podcasts that are... Depressing. I have such depressing content as this. No. But we're going to try and keep it upbeat, as we always do. Uh, joining us, firstly, uh, is wearing a jumper with robots on it. It's James Longman. You're late thirties, James. I mean, some would say <laughs> Mid- that, that jumper's a bit I'd inappropriate. Call it mid thirties. <laughs> mid to late. Mid to late. Medium to well. Medium. Medium. Later. <laughs> and joining us also, you were a guest. Uh, when we had our best, best ever episode, yeah, I might as well have not say. been a guest. But though, you, yeah, right? yeah, I mean, Ian Bishop stole the show it's last time you were there. By Ian Bishop, but yeah. we're delighted to have you back to give you another go, another attempt mm. at stealing the show from uh, Computer and Video Games, Andy Robinson. Hello, welcome back for your second Thank appearance. Thank you for having me. Great to have sequel, you back. A difficult second yeah. appearance. I know. That, how mean that Ian Bishop episode? But, but surely it's not a difficult sequel after the first one was pretty awful for yeah. me. <laughs> I think you were great. Yeah. Just Ian Bishop was like, he stole the stole not only the show, but probably the whole series of this podcast. Yeah, it's excellent. I think we, we're, ne- we're not going to reach those heights again. Well, you never know. You today, today you maybe it know. was you. You're like you're playing the Makaleli role, holding the whole thing together. <laughs> yeah, just holding it all together. <laughs> um, so coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about the live awards in yes. a second. Tickets still on sale, flying out the sale. door. Not many left, not many left, but we'll be talking about that in a minute. Uh, we'll cover some feedback. And then also, we're going to talk about a fantastic game of football which occurred at the weekend. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, home to Crystal Palace. We lost 1-0. Fantastic it was. We're going to talk about that. A um, and hopefully emerge from that debate feeling a little bit better about our situation or a little more depressed. Andy's shaking his head. Um, we'll talk about Allardyce. It seems the tide is turning. Um, we'll assess whether that is the case. We'll talk about relegation, which we have done now for three <laughs> months, something like that. Yeah. But um, we might be all right. I think George McCartney said we're going to be all right. But joining us on the show, we've got two special guests. Firstly, an ever-present in the West Ham team when we had our highest ever league finish, Mark Ward. Mark Ward will be calling in. How one, exciting is that? One of your favourite players, James. Yeah, Grimer absolutely loved him. He's a little bit out of my kind of... Tenure, I think he, he was like two years before I became a fan. Andy, how about you? I think, I think it's about two years before I was born, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that would have been the year I was born. Actually, yeah. no, no fond memories. No, no. I, can, I can take your uh, you two's word. Glory for it. hunter, <laughs> glory hunter. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely yeah. not a glory hunter. <laughs> That's well, why I say. Talking of glory hunters, our other guest is a, a person who has lifted the, the cup for West, West Ham. This. Past weekend, I believe, and scored in the final yeah, last 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 Thursday, maybe. The captain of Lady of West Ham Ladies Team, Stacey Little, will be joining us for a chat. For Finally, a chat. some silverware at last. Since Get her the, in the first team since the Inter Toto. Yeah. <laughs> so we're <laughs> off tonight to celebrate it. Uh, we'll be talking about that uh, in a little bit. Yeah, brilliant. Some All good right. news. Some good news. Speaking of good news, let's have some more good news because yep. I mean, it's in what in a, uh, in quite a depressing season. 
there has been a few shining lights. One of them is the Nizam Mother, Bra- Mother Brown uh, Awards Live. East Ham Working Men's Club. 13th of May. 13th of May. I'd quite Tickets. like to see the Knees Up Mother Brawn uh, <laughs> awards <laughs> down there. And, and working Andy, Andy before you pipe up, have you got a ticket? I'm going to get one. Well, was, right. you look, hurry up. I, uh, you look at that thread, I was the first person to reply in the <laughs> How many are you going to get? Because we've been telling people, get one for yourself, one for the freezer, save it for I'm, later I'm, in I'm not going to come on my own, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll get the two. G- wicked. All right, so right. You're, ga- you're there. I'm so in Matt, there. You're there. Your mate's there. And his mate's there. there. I'm there. I'm TBC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the shift of you two. 20 tickets. <laughs> Not only that, Frank McAvenny, and as we revealed last week, Mad Dog Martin Allen. Oh, he's going to be there as well. Jeremy How Nicholas, good is that? The G-Man. Jeremy, Jeremy Nicholas. Romford. Graham. Rio. No. Shifting tickets left, right and centre for this. Not a great deal left. Nope. So this is the final push now, Andy. You need to be yeah. quick on that mark. Um, no, I believe they go... I think the, the uh, awards go live in terms of on Knees Up Mother Brown start next voting. Monday. You start voting next Monday. Monday. I think it's next Monday. Um, uh, player so- of the year, young player of the year, goal of the season, most memorable match, yeah. Palace, yeah. Uh, home and away. Best signing, Razvan Rat. Most improved <laughs> player. Most improved player. The Winston Reid Award for most improved player. Uh, Razvan Rat. <laughs> most missed, yeah. Razvan Rat. Hackett of a year. Barry Hearn. The Barry, the Barry Hearn Award. Every year, yeah. Uh, and the Come Podcast Post of a Year, a new award. Yeah, a brand new award. And hopefully that person will be there to collect it. It could be you, Andy. Cool, I'll tell you what, the official ones were quite depressing, weren't they? Did you, did you go through them? Yeah. Like best goal and... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, some of them I don't even know who's going to win. I mean, this talk actually is interesting to note on the, the needs of the Brown uh, on the news recently. Dylan Tumbidis... Um, front is runner. a front runner for Hammer of the Year for the Cayman B well, and also presumably for the West Ham or Hammer of the Year if they let him yeah. it would in. be I think it would be a lovely thing wouldn't it <clears throat> I think that would be like a really nice thing to do uh, from the fans and also of all the negativity that we're about to get into yeah. against a Palace match uh, I thought that was all really nicely done by West Ham mm. yeah. and by the fans and by Palace fans yeah. Um, and one of the guys, one of our uh, guys who listens in Australia said, a lot of praise to West Ham here in Oz over how well West Ham paid respects to Dylan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it was very nicely done. The, the only thing that annoyed me a little bit is, uh, I mean, obviously they, they did themselves proud, the club. I think they really, really did. And obviously so did the guys in Australia. Mm. Um, I think they had, they had a captive audience of 35,000 males and they could have said, like, you know, check yourself. Uh, yeah. which is something we could have taken away from mm. that. I think it was an opportunity that maybe the club could have done something for for the charity there. But I'm, I'm you know, picking mm. at straws. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a very emotional moment. And, uh, I mean, me, like everyone else, I think, went into the game, I you know, wasn't really bothered about the result as long as we'd done him all right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so our thoughts, obviously, with his friends and family. Yeah. And do check yourself. Absolutely. But the other thing about, I mean, while we're talking about this, I mean, it's just shocking, isn't it? Because it seemed like things were getting better for him. And then, I, mean, I, mean, I, I didn't know if it was only me that, if that was there, be interesting to hear, you know, from inside the club, if that mm. was just a perception or, I mean, I went, uh, I mean, obviously it's been a long bank holiday before the recording of this mm. and uh friday morning i you know went over the park with you know a couple of mates to play football mm. came back you know had a few people over mine had some drinks and someone came over uh you know one of my mates came over with a girlfriend i was wearing my west ham top from yeah. playing football and they were like, oh did you see the west ham player who passed away today and i absolutely couldn't believe it yeah. couldn't believe it like i mean as you say there i i thought he was Thought he came through mm. the other end. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, we he all, played for us a little you know, while. Ago. It knocked us all for six a little bit. I think. Mm. I mean, it seems even the youth players seem. Yeah. The way they were tweeting, they seem completely shocked as well. Yeah. So what a loss? What a loss? I know. Terrible. But I mean, um, it's not. I think just the last point of this, it was like so many of the youth team players. It obviously meant a lot to them. I know George Mon- George Moncur in particular got a tattoo, or like immediately, and like all those the players. I mean, it's. it's I guess it shows that there's quite a bond there amongst all that kind of generation of players coming through. Yeah. But um, overall, just really tragically sad. But good on West Ham for the way they handled it, I think. I think everyone's quite pleased with the way um, they handled that. All right. Well, let's deal with some feedback now. So we've got uh, some corrections from mistakes last week. This is becoming <laughs> like a regular feature. Yeah. Uh, Happy Hammer 52. Uh, I'm doing a claw, claw hammer here. But it was Fober who went into the Millwall Creek keeper and, and Reed scored the goal. Brilliant podcast. Thought Monker came across very well. Yeah. 
So you were the one who thought... Essentially, that was a shit sandwich. So... <laughs> <laughs> So a bit of shit each side in the yeah. middle. Oh yeah, great, po- great podcast. <laughs> great, right, I'm coming for you. All the factual I'm coming for you, you scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was my mistake, and I, I knew got, it as I well. Got a photographic I don't know why I said that. Of that moment in my yeah, life. I really? have as well, and I don't know why I thought that. Fobit had a great game that day. Yeah, he did every now and again. He did just have a blinder. We, we, we didn't had he? ten men, and he was running the show in that game. Yeah. Absolutely running the show. And really, just lumped it in. Yeah. Do you want to know a shocking fact about that game? What? I had to leave at half time to go to Stomp. Ah. Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> because my ex-girlfriend had bought me tickets to go see Stomp as a surprise. That is why she's an ex. Matinee. Surprise. And uh, I was like, it's West Ham Hill today. You, I'm not, and she's like, you got, you've got to go. All like, loads of friends are going. So. People hitting drum. Hitting yeah, bins. it's crap as well. Stomp is crap. Um, I could have told that. you that. <laughs> I know. I, told you I know. Before and after. Oh, so I, I think that goal was in the second half, so I missed that. What a nightmare. But you um, did see some men hitting the, tins. The way they bang, they bang those drums, I'll tell you what. <laughs> to get them over after, get them over, get rid of the hammerettes, get stomped down there. It's brilliant. Oh. Um, so got some more from Expat Hammer. Tune in for the podcast uh, every week from the Pacific, Pacific coast of Oregon, USA. Always have a blast listening. Was a little gutted by the break you took last week as I had a long drive across states and no KUMB to keep me company and remind me of home. Keep it up, lads. Expat Hammer. Expat Hammer. Uh, some more Hammer 75. Think it sums up my time supporting West Ham that I couldn't tell you where in the league we finished for most of Monk's nine years, but thoroughly enjoyed the times with him and Bish in the middle. Great to hear their character shine through in these podcasts. If you're thinking about future candidates, would love to hear Mark Reaper. That That's a shout, isn't Mark it? Reaper. Mark Reaper. We don't know where to go, anti space. No. <laughs> that's just like he smelled a shit when I said Mark <laughs> Reaper. What? <laughs> uh, not for you, Mark Reaper? No, he wouldn't. Uh, alright we'll put him on the list we'll reach out to him still not heard back from Boogers but uh, I'll give him another text (laughs) Uh, and Phil Parks too I think we need to get on to Phil Parks Um, uh, Richie Rev have you thought of a where are they now section you sort of alluded to it a few weeks back with Marco for Berber for Bertha Boogers (laughs) but I would love to know where the likes of the following reside Vlad the Impaler Laban. I don't even remember him. I vaguely, vaguely remember him. Wayne Quinn. I can answer that He's one. He's on Twitter. Hayden Pot Plant Fox. Uh, Hannah Tahinen. Um Well, Vlad. Lil, uh, no, Wayne Quinn's on Twitter. You can yep. actually see him. He's got about three hundred followers. Yeah. Hayden Fox is like Hayden Fox is all emptying himself in sugar beef. <laughs> yeah, he works behind the bar now. It's all yeah. paying off the damage he caused from that night. Um, yeah. Well, if anyone, if anyone's listening and knows the answer to any of those. Uh, you know, Vlad Labant, <laughs> Wayne Quinn, Hayden Fox, Hannah Tahinen, just yeah. you know. Also, this one you love. Research. So, so Rio, um, who's been on there a few times, lovely bloke, suggested uh, Trevor Sinclair. An estuary said um, Dubai sponsored Channel Four horse races, and Trevor was featured in the adverts messing about on a speedboat. What <laughs> is this, this true? What Trevor Sinclair was in the advert on a speedboat. He's living the best life ever. I heard something about Trevor. You've just triggered a memory. That uh, in 2002, the whole England team were given. A yeah, it's co- from a secret footballer. Oh, is that? Yeah. yeah. So I might as well tell it now in case people don't know. Yeah. But the 2002 World Cup squad, David Beckham was offered um, houses for everyone on the what's it called, the reef or the thing in Dubai? Yeah, wherever it's as, a, as part tree. of his, as part of a deal to yeah. sponsor, to advertise it. So everyone in the English school was offered villas. Well, no, David just Beckham. Beckham, was, no, Beckham yeah. was, and Beckham said, "I will only take this if you get offered to everyone in the squad." Yeah. So everyone in that 2002 World Cup squad got a house in Dubai. And many of them just sold it, but Trevor Sinclair still lives in lives his. In it. And while he's messing about on a speedboat, <laughs> and now he's on a speedboat in Dubai. Amazing! I used to work on the speedboat and racing in Dubai. Yeah, Did you really? it's another little With weird. Trevor? Not Trevor. I never saw him. Sources there just a lot of rich. It might shirts, have been but, him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, it might have been. I wouldn't have thought. Around is that on a speedboat? Is that I love Trevor that. Sinclair? Um, yeah, that's amazing. If you've got any more Trevor Sinclair Dubai uh, horse racing speedboat stories. <laughs> I thought I saw it in a Masters in the back of the shop messing around on a speedboat. I was watching Ghostbusters 2 the other day and I swear he was in the back of the shop messing around on a speedboat. <laughs> speedboat. Uh, amazing. All right, uh, we've got some more now. International listeners. Mark Watts, I listened to podcasts in Warsaw... Poland was a season ticket holder from 1980 to 1985. My last match was to watch Decanio smash the winner against Wimbledon. Always tune in. Love the Moncurve interview. Always bet. I always had a bet how long it would take for him to get a yellow card. I remember being on 20 seconds for him to pick up a yellow card once. 
He did have an uncanny habit of yellow card, as we discussed last yeah, week. Yeah, it was good. <clears throat> uh, yellow cards. Um, okay, Christopher Goss. I'm based in Hong Kong. Been travelling loads to start the year, so the normal, the below can be added to my normal listening destination of Hong Kong. He's listened in Palawan in Philippines, Phuket in Thailand, and just finished the Monk podcast on the beach, Santa Monica, LA. You boys are doing a glass job. I dropped those boring wankers on, on the Sunday supplement. Uh, God, they love the sound of their own voices. Far better to hear yours. Very quickly, this guy sounds like he's got a legendary. So guy. I think we've got. Is off. he on Trevor's <laughs> speedboat? <Yeah. laughs> I mean, this uh, is amazing. LA's a short trip if you live in Hong Kong. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he's just gone to Spain. Yeah. Trevor Sinclair picked him up like a Bond villain <laughs> in a speedboat. Just drops him off around the world <laughs> on beaches. Um, Michael Gill absolutely love the podcast I'm originally from Hornchurch Essex but have lived in New York for many years on the October 25th 1983 my father took me to my first West Ham match which happened to be the 10-0 drubbing of Berry in the second round of the Milk Cup so many people reckon that's their first game I've heard that a lot (laughs) it's the first one they remember yeah exactly yeah It must stick in the mind. But I, I mean, hopefully that's true. Michael Gill, New York City. Uh, also, more American listeners. Uh, Chris and James, you can now feel 30 seconds of your international hammer section of the podcast by mentioning us, the Chicago Hammers. Matt, John, Carl, Will, City. and the rest of the Chicago Hammers. Uh, Irvine Welsh is Irvine a Welsh, yeah. Chicago resident. Get him down, yeah. Chicago So Irvine Hammers. Welsh was there on Saturday against Palace, and he tweeted, utter shit. <laughs> And he said that would be his last game at Upton Park, actually. Yeah. I've just remembered. Um, so his last game was a 1-0 defeat to Palace. Yeah. God, what better way. Cheers, Sam. Great legacy. Great <laughs> legacy, you're leaving Upton Park. Uh, Chicago Hammers also said it'd be great if you could plug our uh, Twitter, which is at Chicago Hammers. I'm going to follow them right after we record this. Me too. Yeah, good bunch of lads. But they're not going to watch West Ham again after the uh, 1-0 defeat, no? <laughs> no, after Palace, well... Uh, they're now the Chicago Reds. <laughs> Sorry, anyone. Palace Reds. Uh, a couple of last bits. Dave Witts, great podcast men. Enjoy the show. Listen regularly from here in Hong Kong. And lastly, Michael Scholar. Hi, guys. I'm a recent convert to the, part of the podcast. It is excellent. Just wanted to congratulate you on the Bobby Moore special, special, which I recently caught up on. Great priest of broadcasting. See you at the live event. Cheers, Martin. Get in, Martin. Live event. Tickets available. KUMB.com. It's going to be the highlight of the season. During the awards, in the background, there'll be Trevor Sinclair. Back out of a speedboat. Live at East Sam Workmen's on the 13th of May. We, we could get a satellite link up with Trevor Sinclair. Let's never- try we can, yeah, we can try. We could try. We got Wi-Fi. They do have Wi-Fi. I'll ask that question. Live from his speedboat, Trevor Sinclair. <laughs> okay, we can talk. We can delay it no longer. Let's talk about uh, Palace at home, Andy. What a result! Uh, One nil. Um, just give me your thoughts. Do you know what? It says a lot that I can't remember much about it. It was one of those games, wasn't it? We have yeah. more than one a season these days, where. I don't know. I, I get the impression, right? Allardyce has changed so many conventional things about West Ham. Like, I've, forget about this season, but occasionally we can hold a lead. Occasionally we can score from a set piece. and a, Well, more than occasionally we can defend. But the one thing that hasn't changed is whenever a clogger team comes to us, i.e. another Allardyce team, mm. they still turn us over. I mean, we still lose to Stoke at home. They've done us, what is it, two seasons in a row now? Mm. Um they just turned, it reminded me of playing Allardyce's Bolton. Like, they've got such a massive team now, yeah. um, Crystal Palace. And we just weren't in the game at all. They were just muscling mm. everyone off the ball. Um, and it was just one of those things, wasn't it? It was all the worst um, side of Allardyce. We didn't work out at all uh, that kind of the tactics that we were employing were working, like putting crosses into the box. It just wasn't working. Um, his solution to that was to put Carlton Coe on and then put more crosses in, and then take our wingers off, and put more crosses in from guys who can't put crosses in. Yeah, uh, it was yeah, it was abysmal. Um, you know, I think everyone will probably uh, probably back me up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, James, I mean, how depressing did you find it? Um, well, having been Palace away and Palace home this season, <laughs> two one nil defeats. My highlight was the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> On the pitch at the start of the Palace game. I mean, it was away. It was a, uh, you know, the first half was okay. That's the most complimentary I can be about it. The rest was pretty poor. And that goes as far as the amount of times we just passed it off. Mm. (laughs) Mm. That is amazing, isn't it? The ability to just 
under any pressure. And we, we've done that quite a lot. But when we were having that really bad spell, we went for that real stage of whenever they went a goal up. And this was during the Razvan Rat days. Um, <laughs> Great days. Which they'll now yeah. be known as. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the happy yeah. days. When we would just pass it off for their throw. I mean, it's yeah. remarkable that people can do that. And, and Mark Noble had a really rare bad day as well, didn't he? He was yeah. like, yeah. just you know, misplacing passes and he just wasn't himself. But they, they all started doing like Winston Reed was doing it and they, you just think, oh God, is this what, is what happens? That was a really depressing second, 45, second half. Mm. Yeah. All. And it was a typical performance <clears throat> against Pugh's team and unfortunately it's been a typical performance from our last team. And yeah. It was pretty disheartening. I mean, there was just so much wrong about it. That, that goal was almost inevitable, Andy. Do you feel like it was just, you could see within 20 minutes what was going to happen? I don't know what they have that we don't. Like, yeah. I really can't figure it out. I mean, I don't know if that's just me or what, but they just seem to have the pace and power and directness that we seem to have missing this season that we had last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as you say, you could only see one side. Um, you know, scoring, and there was no chance we were ever going to come back either. And I think while we're talking about the game, we probably need to bring up Carroll as well, the form of, of him. Um, and I don't know what's happened to him the last few games, but he's just been awful. Mm. I mean, I said before the game, I would have played Colton Cole. Absolutely would have done. Yeah. Um, it's almost as if, uh, I think someone mentioned it on the forum, it's almost as if someone's had a whisper in his ear and said, you know, you're not going to the World Cup, because he doesn't look interested. Mm. No. I, I have some sympathy for Andy Carroll um, in that the crosses he gets aren't crosses you can do much with. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Ang- Angle-wise, we seem to cross from, instead of beating the player, in fact, we've done it a bit this season, but instead of beating the player, we're kind of crossing from deep in our, kind of deep in their half. So angle-wise, I don't, all he can really do is kind of flick it on to, for a goal kick. or It's kind of no man's land in terms of crossing. They're not... They're not giving him much to play with. And, it's kind and of his a, form hasn't been good. But not, they're not giving him much. It's a double-edged sword situation for him as well, isn't it? Where he's probably come to us and thought, oh, great, this is the ideal team for me. But at the same time, because Allardyce doesn't seem to have a plan B a lot of the time, it's very easy to do what Palace did and just triple mark him out of the game. Because that was his game over, right? Yeah. I mean, as long as he was on the pitch, yeah. he was getting double, triple marked. Yeah. But usually... What has happened before is that's they're the areas that then Nolan picks up on. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, he wasn't really in it either, was he? So it's kind of on goals on Sunday when Sam sat there talking about Nolan and Carroll partnership for a while to come. It just makes you feel yeah, really I think despondent every, every West because everyone Ham like fan, sighs yeah. with yeah, felt that. Oh, really? That. Really? He's yeah. got a C passer, and that's what makes you think. That's what, and we spoke about briefly before we started about how we now feel about Allardyce, and we just think if that is really the most vision he's got for the coming seasons, then it really is disheartening. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's move on. I mean, it seems, feels like a natural point to start talking about Big Sam because the performance was really rubbish, and I, and I know there's been a lot of kind of talk on Twitter. And I know on on West Ham, uh, Neil, who's a very kind of rational, level-headed West Ham, he wrote a great piece, great piece about not renewing his season ticket. I mean, it kind of sums up a lot of West Ham's supporters' feelings. It was just absolutely spot on, wasn't it? Does what it, a great did, piece. Did it nail it for you as well? Um, I mean, I, I said it before we, we kind of started recording. I'm a bit of a mug where, uh, where managers are concerned. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm always a glass-half-full guy. Uh, and that game was the only one where I started to concede that I'd be sort of happy to see him go. Mm. But then again, I still have the conscience, the, the conflict that is... I think the problem is with football fans a lot these days, more than it is managers. Um, I mean, obviously the money's in the game, but you, you have the, the kind of the, the type of fans that come with that. And I think, say, for example, like David Moyes, who's gone this week, mm. I think he you know, didn't get a fair crack of the whip at all. And I, I think that with a lot of managers who've, who've gone in that situation, like um, you know, Kenny Dalgleish, even though you look at the success of, of Rodgers mm. now, I think he didn't get a fair crack of the whip. And... You know, I, I do think if you look at a lot of managers in that situation, you know, the the the, the kind of the dodgy, difficult second season yeah. syndrome, um, it's, it is very common. And you see a lot of fans react in a similar way. Mm. I kind of begrudgingly, my, my head says we should stick with him. Right. You know, okay. but... 
the heart is, <laughs> is really bored and yeah, wants yeah. To, yeah. to stop. It's funny, isn't it? Because uh, in that On West Ham piece, which was really good, I thought, and what was most interesting about it, because we understand the thoughts with how we're playing. I think we all understand mm. that and we've heard enough about it. it part of the perspective was his enjoyment um, of, of attending the match and the fans around him. Mm. Now, that is, I know we have a proper... We really enjoy it, don't we? We have a proper laugh, and most of it is... Well, Nothing thank, to do with thankfully, the football. <laughs> thankfully, we do, because otherwise we'd come out that right, yeah, writing sense. blogs about yeah. how depressed we are. <laughs> but it's like the, 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 a lot of the fans, it's, it's almost at times a poisonous atmosphere, um, yeah. and that is really unhealthy for the club. Yeah. And I can't quite... I can't, what I can't see is how that's going to turn around. The, the mm. biggest thing that puts me off him, and I think Neil did put this in his piece... Um, it's just how cynical and arrogant uh, Allardyce has been yeah. towards West Ham since the day he came through the door. And it's it's kind of like he wrote in his piece that he kind of portrays this attitude that it's him or relegation. Yeah. And then you look at all the teams around us, uh, you know, with more positive forward-thinking managers who are doing a lot better or equally as good or equally as bad, however you want to portray yeah. it. It's it's not the case. Mm. And, you know, I think his attitude has put a lot of people off, like the cupping of the ear thing. And the fact <laughs> yeah. that even on goals on Sunday, they asked him about the booing, he says it's a minority, and about how those fans don't go to the game. Well, he obviously mustn't have been paying attention when I was at that Liverpool game when we mm. applauded them off yeah. after the loss. Yeah. Um, and that happens countless times at West Ham, as we all know. Yeah. I think the other good thing, I mean, we keep going on about this piece, it was brilliant. But, I mean, he, Neil talks about, like, people had kind of preset agendas. And I think the most vocal people uh, who are anti-Sam have been anti-Sam for a long time, yeah. like, like from the beginning. But whereas now, it seems like people are kind of, I mean, the average West Ham fan is now saying, I think I can't, can't stay and stand any more of this. And ultimately, it's results, isn't it? I think we've won two games since the end of February. Yeah. And one of those was Hull. Yeah. And the, and the every match, I mean, even that Sunderland away, I thought we were lucky to get away with the win, really. It's just, it's not enjoyable to watch, is it? I mean, no, that, but then, then I kind of think that I can't really remember a time when it has been overly enjoyable to watch. Oh, you know, I, I, when I you watch, can. I don't think he gets a fair crack. When you get Sunderland away. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about before Sam. And oh, before, yeah. yeah oh, I, I, think, like, I think a match like Sunderland away... We've never just strolled that. <laughs> you know, as an yeah. example, and Hull at home, that's the kind of team we always have an abysmal performance in. So yeah. there are elements, like Liverpool at home was great. I really enjoyed it, actually, because we gave it a good battle. Yeah. And I've enjoyed some of the ones we... In fact, yeah. I always enjoy ones we scrape through, like the Swansea's with 10 men and stuff. So I do enjoy it, but I've, there's never been a sustained spell that I can remember, and maybe a little bit under Harry, where we've, you've oh. thought... You've That's thought, the closest I'm ever going to get to an admission that you... You've, you've thought, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> but I mean, just looking at the last few results, home to Man United, we've always given them a game, always. And we didn't that day. No. We just kind of rolled over and, and died. And then like Palace at home, we should, be, we should be doing something there. I mean, Liverpool were quite good. And, but I don't as, know, but just, as Andy says, those teams that turn up are Stokes and the Palaces and the, the other Allardyce anti-football yeah. type teams... We've always struggled against. I remember yeah. the one worst match I've ever seen was Stoke when we lost one 0 at home on like a Tuesday night in November or something. I mean, it's that was only six, seven years ago. So it's not not much has changed. Even under Pardew, as Graham pointed out, the, yeah. the boss, you know, people were fed up of Pardew like last season, saying, uh, "Oh, it's just long ball. Absolutely, yeah. It's the same." Mm boring stuff and fed up of it you know we had that under Grant to an extent the most poisonous atmosphere I ever saw was under Zola when Wolves we lost game. that match to Wolves which yeah. was when fans would literally almost punch it having a punch that's up the worst poisonous me. atmosphere I've seen at a game I, I mean I think I saw a guy actually lobby season ticket at him yeah. um, that was that was the worst by far I mean I think we need to take stock yeah we're also in a really bad position um, it's, it's like you said like if if you were if we were eighth in the league now you'd accept it um, but when the results are bad and the football is bad as well, I mean, I've still got a lot of, hap I, I, I think I mentioned the last time I was on, I've been a season ticket through like the worst time recently. Like <laughs> yeah. my first season, uh, I started Zola's first season. So that was the best by far. And it just got progressively worse. <laughs> and then like the championship bounced up, but I always have good memories of, of, you know, the best memories of the Allardyce games, basically. Mm. 
the the two Tottenham games, uh, you know, Chelsea at home, Man United both times last season. You know, yeah. we've had a lot of performances where the team have done done us yeah. proud. Uh, but, you know, this season's just been awful, hasn't it? It's, yeah, it's Pink Palermo on come yeah. uh, kind of made up, brought the point up that this season never started because we never got that second striker. I mean, and that's, I thought it was a really good point. Yeah. I mean, this season has been, since Andy Carroll got injured and we didn't have a backup, mm. it never really got going. And so you've got to ask whose fault is that? Is that Allardyce's fault? Maybe he wasn't backed. I'm just saying, he, all summer maybe he wasn't backed. In that the owners deserve a share of the blame, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we sh- we, it's all directed at Allardyce because he's a dour northerner, and I think that's part of part of the appeal mm. of people's dislike of him. I mean, yeah. what, what happened to the him. old uh, the, the wage cap, the percentage? Yeah, the, wasn't their whole excuse? FIFA, yeah, that was the excuse. They've not it? talked about that for a while. Well, in January we just seem to yeah, abandon it. Man City are going to get stitch up on that, aren't they? How are they? Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think like if we'd had if we'd have never let Carlton Cole go, I think we'd be sat on 43, 45 points yep. easy now. Mm. Like absolutely. We had those stringer games at the beginning of the season where it was nil 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 nil. And we didn't have a yeah. nil nil at the beginning of the season where we weren't dominant. Yep. Like Southampton away, Newcastle That's away, true. Swansea yeah. away. We should have won all of those games. Mm. But we just had no one there. I mean, yeah. my ego was... I mean, I know a lot of people say this and it's a throwaway sentence, but it was like playing with 10 men. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at him in the championship now, he's yeah, he's just shot, isn't he? He's confident, so I don't know what it is. Mm. But then the, the, the other side of the coin is Andy Carroll's come back and he's useless. I mean, well, he's I, got two guys. I don't like... Although he's in team of the he's week. He's useless. in, he's he's in been, the standard team of the week. He's had two bad games, I think. I and think I think the useless. last one doesn't count because when Nolan wasn't playing... Yeah, he was okay. just, it was like playing Carlton Cole yeah. for Zola, wasn't it? He? he was just yeah. completely isolated mm. or Avram Grant's really fairer. It's, uh, so we've, so what we said all along during this, when we had so, and we had awful injuries, we can never take that away. Yeah. We always said when we've got the strongest squad, uh, then he shouldn't have, then he doesn't have any excuses. And we've currently got of our players, the strongest squad, minus Morrison, obviously at QPR. Yeah. So now it feels like there's no excuses to be, Playing really are. badly because he's got his full squad. So that's my only thought, and not my own thought, but that's my main issue with it. And it's just that goals on Sunday and she just really got me down because I think we've you've, all you've said we've wanted, all said yeah. there's no plan B, and we've always thought oh, maybe there will be a plan B. But the way he speaks, he doesn't think he needs a plan B, and that that actually makes me think oh maybe he's arrogant. I've given him a benefit of a doubt all all the way along. And maybe he's arrogant or is blinkered enough to think mm. this is the way to do it. The scary thing, the scary, the scary thing, <laughs> the scary thing I was thinking was like, okay, if we let's get rid of Sam, for example, but so, we're left with a big Sam team. Yep. The players in our squad play his system, and it's hard to see the last they, time they I could was play on, any different. The last time I was on, uh, we had this conversation privately, didn't we? Where I said uh, all the people calling for his head are a bit blinkered because. There are so many players in our team who would suddenly look like very, very average footballers, yeah. if not awful ones. I mean, you think back to James Collins uh, under Zola. Um, we were, I don't think anyone was particularly bothered or too bothered that he went off. And Villa fans, they didn't rate mm. him at all. Yeah. And he's been like a best defender this season. Yeah. You, look, you, imagine it, you see, remember him at uh, Liverpool last season? He was absolutely awesome. Yeah. I mean, the Jerry O'Briens and the Guy DeMales. And you remember what Winston mm. Reid was like. Uh, and obviously Nolan and players like that. I think if you got another manager in, uh, a different kind of manager, they, we would suddenly be in need of about seven players. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> digressing slightly, I think David Moyes could be a nice stopgap <laughs> if, he, if he's up for like dropping about yeah. 13 places. <laughs> what, what I think is just, I mean, what's amazing about football is he's been sacked for not doing a good enough job. He's got his six-year contract... He's going to make like 10 million. Mm. I mean, that is amazing. I mean, and, but I, mm. I, one, I don't think... I think Moyes has got West Ham all over him in a certain way. But I also don't think fans would warm to him. Again, I think he's got that northern... It's, it's quite funny looking at the forum with the people calling for him. And then I think a couple of the guys pulled up comments from Everton fans from like a couple of years ago. And it just says like... It's like a post from, from KUMB like now. Yes. Like, oh, he's so negative. He's yeah. got no plan I think, B. I think it's the same. I think it's exactly the same. So are we what? kind of talking ourselves in this keeping big Sam, like saying about? like we're just... I think we are. So here, <laughs> we are. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we are. So here's two, pe- so two people tweeted. Lee Perrin said, how about keeping a manager and bringing in some attacking coaches? 
That's a we, we're well definitely worse since uh, Wally Downs went, though, aren't we? He was most missed on uh, Knees of the Brown Awards last year. Yeah. He was missed. Um, but I think, I think Sam Sue's set in his way. I don't think he would accept mm. that kind of thing. And the second one is, uh, Jamie Smith says, bring in a PR manager. It worked wonders for Pardew. And it did work wonders for Pardew for a time. Yeah, Pardew is a PR manager. <laughs> no, that's the funny thing, is it? That kind of, maybe yeah. Sam's just got the wrong PR. He needs a more than just a football club T-shirt on. <laughs> in XXXL. What, what, would, happen if we, what would happen if we scored and he jumped into the stands? God, he'd crush people. <laughs> would he get a hug or someone bang him out? He's killed 76 people. <laughs> um... Oh yeah, I, so it is that he doesn't portray himself well. He's the only. So that's not a bad chance. Did we sing like... Avram Grant's Clarence? Clar- Clar- no, no, no. But we did for Pardew and we did for Kerbishly. Like we did for Pardew. I but think Big Sam's anyone. Yeah, no, it took a bit of time, but I like I don't know. I remember. Oh God, there was a there was a bit of interesting discussion on the forum about whether maybe West Ham fans are the problem. Like, our expectations are so high, aren't well, we? Like we just don't tolerate <laughs> anything. Yeah. I mean, who's the last manager yeah. we truly tolerated? I yeah. think Pardew ran, ran, like, turned the fans well, around. Well, yeah. yeah. that, that second or third season, yeah. like, it was, it was complete, like, bio yeah. and spite and venom mm. for him. But I was talking about to say to fans of other clubs, that when we had about people who say, oh, I'd rather be in the championship because, you know, we, you win some and it's a good laugh and it's proper teams. We've, I've watched us in the championship loads. And it is so miserable. No, and like, even under Pudge, we scraped into the playoffs twice. Yeah. And it's like, we don't, I think that's we don't nostalgia win. And people who don't yeah. We don't win easily in the championship. Yeah. We don't. People go, I prefer it. You're mad. <laughs> Staying up to like 1am to watch Manish Bashin on a, in the Crime Watch studio <laughs> for a one minute highlight package of Barnsley away. <laughs> to see like a Jimmy Bullard yeah. score a 93rd minute win. <laughs> and the cameraman's out of focus. The other donk is in, the, in that division. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take this. Thanks so much. I know. Um, all right, well, let's, let's kind of wrap this up then. So, but like, we just talked ourselves into keeping Big Sam then, it would like, and giving him some money and buying some better players. Be- begrudgingly, begrudgingly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd like to think it can't be worse next season. I mean, mm. we, everyone, every single West Ham fan will put their hands up and say that we cocked up this transfer window, the summer one, massively. Mm. Um, you know, as I said, I'd still like to believe that just one single signing like keeping Carlton Cole and we'd be a hell of a lot better off now mm. so yeah. you'd like to think that we won't make the same mistake this summer um, James now your colours to the mast Big Sam you've got, you've got to give him some money although his signings haven't been a massive success but <laughs> my ego Jarvis yeah. um, Carol uh, you've got his, I, I think That's you give him the brief. Say, here's a load of money, but what I want us, I want an improvement in results, and I want better football next year. Here's, here's, a, just, sorry, this is a final thing. Yeah, no, I agree, but and I think the chairman think that as well. They don't. They always go on about Martinez, don't they? They don't watch this shit every week themselves. Yeah. But we're in a real tricky position because it's two seasons till the Olympic Stadium. We can't get relegated. Yeah. Um, because that'd be a disaster, and if we stick with Sam for another season. Those players are going to be even more ingrained into the same way. So yeah. to change manager next summer with a whole squad that is Sam based, I mean, really, it's either we either twist this summer or we don't twist. Do, do you think oh, if uh, oh, what, and what do you say we should do? Oh, I, I don't do you even think? Know. If, do you think if Moyes comes available, they'll do it? I think well, he is available. Exactly. Well, no, but, but <laughs> so I think, think, there's still the yeah. question of would yeah. he make the job? I mean, you Hodgson obviously think, left Liverpool and then you went to West Brom, right? And he got the England job. So it yeah. revitalised his career. Yeah. I think Moyes has got... I think our chairman would like Moyes. He's in the vein of McLeish and Allardyce and that kind of... And I, I think he's Bruce. the only option that's come up in the last three years who could realistically work with these players. Like yeah. I was saying earlier about them, kind of, there's a lot of average players who could perhaps flop under a different style. Yeah. Whereas David Moyes isn't too removed from the Allardyce style, is he? Otherwise, mm. But otherwise he's got proven success yeah. at a much bigger club than, say, Bolton. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've been, I've been, I've, I've, up until last week, I was saying, give him another season with money this summer. Back him at least as much as we can afford, which is very little, but back him enough to make a difference next season with better football. Yeah. But his attitude last weekend, 
annoyed me so much. I don't know where yeah. I stand anymore. And I, the other thing, I about, wish I was on Trevor Sinclair's speedboat. The other thing about his mucking around. <laughs> the other thing about his brief, which will be to improve the football, involves him conceding that the football's not good. Yeah, and I, I can't ever imagine him doing that because he's a bit cocky, isn't he? Yeah, he's done what the chairman right. have asked of him. He's got us up yeah. and he's stayed up for two seasons. And now he's boring us all to tears. But yes. but then really a West Brom win and a result yeah. against Spurs and suddenly. Happy it's, days. You know, there's a glow on this season. And then I can have a, just have fond memories of this year. Yep. Um, let's quickly touch on relegation. No, we won't. No? Quickly? Yep, no. No, not going to get relegated, Andy? I, I can't, just because I can't see those teams down there winning two matches in a row, three matches in a row, whatever they need. Mm. Fulham and Norwich. No, nah, that's too much shit below us, isn't there, really? That's yep. the kind of key to it. Aren't we lucky? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if we could get four points for the next three games? Yeah, fingers crossed. I think we'll beat Spurs. Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll do, we'll do predictions in a second. So next up, we have a much-loved winger who spent five years at Upton Park, including an ever-present season during West Ham's highest finish in the top division. He's one of the boys of 86. Welcome to the show, Mark Ward. How you doing, Mark? I'm fine, thanks very much. Um, it's great to have you on here. I mean, that first season you had at West Ham, we finished third, our highest-ever league finish. You must have thought at the end of that year that you made the right decision. Yeah, it was a fantastic season, to be honest, uh, I don't think it was expected uh, when me and Frank back of any nine on the same day just before the season started. I don't think the supporters uh, knew who we were, uh, but you know we had a bit of a dodgy start, and then the, the season just blossomed. And you know I thought, you know, looking back, it was so close to winning the championship, and uh, we played some fantastic football that season. Mm. Uh, just, just then when we were just ringing you up to uh, bring you on the podcast you said oh, it's not a problem it's for the Hammers so I mean is West Ham still quite close to your heart? Well I was there Saturday anyway oh, so really? uh, you know I do still do a little bit of work for them probably taking about six to eight games a season oh, uh, right. for the last number of number of years and just like going home to be honest uh, still old, the old squad are there at games Phil Parks and I'll see Tony Gale seeing Coffee on Saturday Um you know, there's always uh, ex-players there and, you know, it's a fantastic club and I, I love going back there. Um, that season when we, we finished third, obviously, you must look back a little bit and think, oh, we are so close. You know, you're a bit gutted that we didn't quite put, make it to the line. Well, to be honest, you know, I'd, I'd signed from Oldham Athletic Division below, the old second division. And um, John actually come up that week the season was supposed to start to pick me up from my house in Liverpool because it was so close to the, the signing day and uh, you know he, he couldn't see that happening these days but uh, and, you know Joe Rowe rang me and said John will be at your house within the hour and I nearly dropped the phone <laughs> said uh, you'll be signing for West Ham and you'll be making your debut on Saturday wow. um, and to his word within the hour he knocked on the back door and the rest is history but you know John made a great impression on me straight away you know, he come in and told me to put the kettle on, and um, said he'd, he'd give the kid in his feet a pound to mind his car, and <laughs> had me laughing. I just made me feel at home, and he was a, you know, he was like a father figure to me. So straight away, you know, leaving Liverpool and then going to London, it was easy for me to settle down, and I didn't have a great start on my debut, but the second game against QPR, I think I made two of the goals, and I just. Uh, you know, thank Ronnie Boyce for seeing Ronnie Boyce on Saturday. I haven't been too well. He was my coach at the time and he worked on my game. And uh, I, I seem to progress. Mm. I mean, in terms of, where does the, that 86 season, that, that side, where does it sit in the, amongst the kind of best teams you ever played in? Oh, the best team I ever played really? in. It's, I think it's, you know, I played Man City and Everton. And, um, the only team I've ever played in where I thought, you know, before the game, especially at Upton Park, in the second half of the season is not if we were going to win but how many we were going to win by and that might sound a bit arrogant but we were so dominant and we were playing so well at the time um, it was like uh, I wonder if who's going to score today is it Frank or Tony or you know, they, they scored 50 odd between them that season and that was the confidence that we had I think we just ran out of games near the end of the season to be honest What do you think clicked uh, between the team that year? Why do you think it, it hit it off so you know well? What? A lot of people ask that question and, uh, you know, a lot of people say Paul got, uh, got injured in the first game and that pushed Frank further up, you know, when he put him up front. Um, I still think Frank would have found his niece as a striker because he was a fantastic player. And I said to somebody on uh, on Saturday about uh, 
you know, the way Suarez plays. Suarez is a fantastic player. He's probably the most exciting player in you know, the Premiership or one of the greatest players in the world at the moment. But Frank had that, you know, when I look at Suarez, Frank had a little bit of that about him. You know what I mean? He, was, he worked tirelessly like Suarez and, you know, he, he, can, he can do the unexpected. And I think he, him and Coffey, and me and Dev on, on, on the wide positions, we just yelled and we played football from the back the way it should be done with Tony Gale and Alvin Martin. And, um, you know, it was a joy to play in that team. Mm. Do you think, I mean, there's been a lot of talk recently about the, the West Ham way. I mean, was that season of 86, was that the West Ham way? Well, <laughs> you know, people make me laugh when they say that. Uh, the West Ham way, it's like everyone, the Everton way, the School of Science and things like that. You can only put a team out with, you know, I look at Sam, Sam gets a lot of stick and uh, people say, no, we should have made a change this season, which other team have been a big mistake because if you've got a manager in who plays the West Ham way, uh, who wants to manage like the West Ham way, but Sam isn't, you know, he's always had teams that, you know, he likes the long ball and that's the way he was as a player. But, you know, to, to have made uh, an adjustment to the manager during the season would have been a big mistake because... You know, the manager uh, would have come in and wanted to play from the back. He hasn't got the ammunition to do that. And the main thing is just to stay in the division. And I think if they need to make a change, it's going to be, you know, at the right time. And that'll be at the end of the season where the manager can, you know, pick his own squad, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, West Ham, they're not very good to, to watch, but um, it's all about winning. And uh, I think success for West Ham at this moment in time is to stay in the division. Mm-hmm. I mean, Big Sam, like, like you just mentioned, is getting a lot of stick at the moment about the way West Ham play. But, I mean, John Lyle is really held in West Ham's like, high esteem by West Ham fans. But at the end of your tenure, the fans are really on John Lyle's back. I mean, did they contribute to him getting the sack? Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, after that really successful season when we finished third, a lot of people don't realise that John was at the board for some money to buy a few players. And he never, he didn't bring one player in. That, that season afterwards and so there's no competition for places and you know yourself you've got to have that to have a successful team mm. you know week in week out the team picked itself because there was no competition and I think that was a you know massive blow for John but uh, the fans are very fickle and it's like that at every football club mm. but uh, you know as regards as a manager and as a person he was second to none he was a fantastic person mm. so what went wrong then I mean uh, a few years after that um when we finished third in 86 what, what went well, wrong well I think initially what, what I just said mm. there is that you know we, we didn't give many money to invest and players uh, you know the reason why I left West Ham I, I don't think I'd, I'd have left West Ham if, if fake Billy Bonds would have took over you know from within and um, someone had the, uh, the the great idea of giving Lee McCarty the job yeah. it was just uh, you know a massive mistake and there's one thing about myself uh I'm quite strong-minded and, and I speak my mind and, and I told the little fella that I didn't like him. Mm. I didn't like the way he wanted us to play and uh, before I knew it I was, I was on my travels then to Man City. Mm. We've had quite a few uh, members of the, boy, the sort of Boys of 86 on. I think Alan Devonshire in particular was one who said he just didn't get on with Lou Macari. I mean, was there, did he lose the dressing room? Yes, without a doubt. Um, the way you, John was a great man management and uh, like Howard Kennelly was brilliant as well and he couldn't really speak to Lou. It's like you do this and do that, and you can't get the ball off the goalkeeper. And once he said that to me, you know, half of my service was from Phil Park, so he never used to kick the ball anyway. Yes. Uh, you know, if it broke down on one side, he'd throw it out to me on the other. Mm. Deep so I could start running, you know, with the ball. And for a great little player he was, Lou, you know, his sort of attitude and his and the way he wanted to play was alien to the West Ham way. Mm. And uh, you know, similar similar sort of thing with Sam. You know, Sam works on percentages and I think you know the easy way is to knock the ball up to Andy Carroll and, and just you know try and get bits off him mm. but uh, you know I think in the summer I don't know what's going to happen you know going to the new stadium uh, you know I've spoke you know, I've spoke to the chairman about that I thought it was a big mistake but you know you've got to move with the times and I think if West Ham want to move forward they've got to have a manager in place who's got the ideals of the West Ham supporters and the tradition of the club is to play from the back and you know to play football mm. So you mentioned that you said you've been over West Ham a few times this season I mean does Big Sam still have your support? 
Yeah, without a doubt, because, mm. you know, obviously you're working for the club and, you know, you, you get told to be positive. And uh, I remember uh, I went onto the pitch uh, at half-time, I think the Sunderland game, and there wasn't much, much to talk about. And, uh, you know, the, the bloke who was interviewing me said, well, what's the difference between now and when you played? I said, we used to win games. <laughs> and it was just like, straight off, the, you know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't really meant to, 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 to uh, sound like that, but... That was the difference, you know, in that season, that first season, it was just uh, it's an incredible team to play in and, you know, like I said before, we didn't have a very good start and if we, I think if we had to pick up a few points early doors, we'd have gone on and won that championship. Mm. Um, it's interesting, you, you mentioned there that you said you, you weren't in, in up for the Olympic Stadium move. What are you still, Do you still have that opinion? Is there anything well, you've seen uh, change your mind? Yeah, because I think... You know, the two West Ham supporters, Upton Park, it's, you know, it's a legend of the ground and the support there, but obviously, you know, I look at Goodison Park, I'm an Evertonian and, and, and that's fallen, that's fallen down and Everton need to move on. Mm. You know what I mean? And, uh, ideally, the, the best thing would be to share the ground with Liverpool, but, you know, there'd be a lot of problems over that. I know it happens, it happens abroad. Yeah. But, uh, West Ham getting, the only thing, the negatives for me are is the atmosphere, you know, how they can create an atmosphere in a big stadium like that. Mm. Um, because one of the things I've always said is, you know, a Tuesday night or a midweek game at Upton Park in them first few seasons, mm. it was just a magnificent arena to play in because the crowd was so close to you. And, uh, you know, it, as a player, that's what you want. Mm. Um well, I mean, so in your book, which is a right wing to B wing, Premier League to yeah. prison, you cover your tribulations with drugs and a period at Her Majesty's leisure. Um, I mean, the book's been out, I think, kind of five years now. So, how how's life treated you since then? Yeah, okay. You know, it's, uh, it's been tough because once you've uh, been in prison and mm. you've made a mistake, there's a lot of people in this world that won't give you another opportunity. And then I know there's always going to be divided opinion mm. um, about myself, but I'm a very strong character. You know, what I did do, I did do wrong, and uh, I think when people read the book, I, I try to be as honest as I, you know I could be. Mm. Um, and you know, I done my time well. I, I worked at it, uh, got qualified to go out and work on building sites and things like that. So I've got a driving job now up in Liverpool, and I'm getting married in July. Oh, no, um, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, thanks very much. So you know, life's good at the moment. Um, I think it was a good. Thing for me to uh, when the publishers wrote to me and said we'd like to uh, publish your story, mm. you know, it gave me uh, an opportunity to put things in perspective. Really. Yeah, well, I mean, so you're getting married in July. I know um, West Ham I Hotel am, yeah. have a, a reception room. <laughs> Was that on the shortlist? Uh, yeah, yeah. Getting married in July to, to Michelle. Get yeah. married in Cyprus, and then we'll have a reception back in Liverpool. So nice. Uh, about time to settle down, I think. Mm. Um, well, many years ago, like you, like you mentioned at the start of this interview, you signed on the same day as Frank McAvenny. So, I mean, you must have had some good times together on and off the pitch around that time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Frank was a character. Uh, we roomed together for, for about six months, and then mm. John uh, split us up. But, uh, you know, I've got some great stories about Frank, and he's still a good mate of mine to this day. And, you know, he, characters like him are few and far between, and... You know, he, he was a bit of a playboy, and uh, he had that. He loved that reputation. But mm. uh, you know, him and Tony and, and Frank's uh, partnership was uh, legendary, and I think it, the Hammers fans would love <laughs> would love either one of them now oh, in the team. Absolutely damn right. <laughs> I just, Mark, you said John split you up. What did he did he ban <laughs> you from being roommates? Well, yeah, Frank was uh, being a bit boisterous at times, and uh, <laughs> some of the things he used to do. You know, and uh, I think it was just a matter of, uh, you know, John, John put me and Julian together eventually because uh, Julian was kicking everyone in training and one person he couldn't kick was me because I'd used to kick him back. <laughs> and uh, before we knew it, he, you know, he, he pulled us to one side and he said, listen, you're going to have to be on the same team in training because someone's going to break someone's leg <laughs> and uh, you're going to room together. So I think that was John's sort of, you know, me getting me away from Frank and trying to get me and Julian to be a bit more uh, friendly. And, and uh, if that's, if that's that could the be the name of your next book, from Macamini yeah. to Dixon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, me and Julian going well. I, I, you know, eventually when I went back to Everton, he went to Liverpool, and mm. 
I always remember him, um, and he fixed his strength and he knew my strength. And, you know, I said to him before the game, I was going to destroy him, and I did. <laughs> um, me and Cotty scored and we beat Liverpool 2 0. And uh, I think I, I, I used to say to him, like, I said, you know, whoever played against the professional, I said, there's only one winner, mate. And uh, on that day, you know, Everton was fantastic and we should have been four or five against Liverpool. But yeah. it's great that mm. to score in the derby. Yeah, I, I understand. You were, you were getting bought drinks for the, because of that goal for years still, afterwards. Still to this day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, Mark, thank you so much for your, t- your time and for all those good times over your five-year period with West Ham. Not a problem. Yeah, it's thanks, a Mark. Proper stuff. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers. All Cheers. the best. Cheers. That was, that was Mark Ward interviewing Mark Ward, legend. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. He has a driving job now. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Well, no, loads of footballers don't. I suppose. Loads of old school footballers any, didn't make that, any money from it, did they? Surely that boy, the boys are the 86. I don't think so. Really? I don't know. Mm. It's interesting. But lovely bloke. Lovely amazing. Bloke. Another, another West Ham legend. I know, I know. We're ticking them off. I know, amazing. Phil Parks. We should get Phil Parks. Yeah, I'll text him again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he will reply. Uh, amazing. Well, we're delighted to be joining us on the podcast now. A cup final winner with West Ham ladies. Not only that, a centre midfield dynamo. Not only that, the captain and West Ham fan. Welcome to the show, Stacey Little. Hello. Congratulations. Congratulations. You've won the cup with the team you support as captain. Yes. How good is it's that? I know, and your goal in the final is pretty spectacular as well, a top corner. Yes, it wasn't um, It wasn't too bad, I must admit. I try them in training, I try them <laughs> in other matches, and it just happens to come off in a cup final. <laughs> so we should just say, so you won 5-1, yes. and it's the Essex FA County Cup final, is that right? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. 5-1 against Barking Ladies. Yes. So it's a bit of a local, local derby. Mm. It was, yeah. I mean, all, I mean, you can look at it as all of the games in the County Cup is a local derby because it's all the teams in Essex. So, um, I mean, we didn't know too much about Barking. I don't mm. think we've played them before. Um, but, yeah, you can say that they're all a local derby. So, so what was it like to win? Did it feel, I bet it felt amazing? Um, yeah, it's all a bit of a blur now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it, was sort of, it was just all so surreal, like, from... Boring, and then everything after, it's just sort of a, a haze. I keep having to go back and watch videos and that at night and still can't really dig my memories. But it's interesting as well, didn't you come back from injury? Didn't you come back to make the final? Yes, I've come back twice from injury this season. Um, I uh, chipped the bone in my ankle uh, just before Christmas, I think it was about October time. And, and from there, I thought my season was over from there, really. And then... In the in the semi final against Basildon in the Essex County Cup, um, I basically aggravated that old injury, so I come off um, and then I made it back for the final. So you, came, you came, I mean, you came you're like Lazarus. You came back from injury twice, and then and and then I understand your dad was there as well, and you ran straight to him after the after the match. Yeah, that's right. When I scored, I went and celebrated with my mum and dad. Oh, well, so how's the rest of the season been for you? Um, the season hasn't been that great, to be honest. Um, it's been sort of, it's like in the league, it's been difficult. We've mm. lost, obviously, the manager, um, he left. We've lost a lot of sort of senior players, um, that were sort of, you know, the core of the team. Um, so we've had to get new players in. We've obviously lost the, the players at the starting. So it's been a difficult season. And we're not, we're obviously second from bottom, which isn't where we've, Mm. We should be in the league, really. We should be at the other end. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, you're a West Ham fan as well, like we said, and you're a season ticket holder. So, I mean, how much are you enjoying seeing the West Ham first eleven play at the moment? <laughs> yeah. um, um, it could be a whole lot better. Are you searching for a diplomatic answer? Is that... Um... Yes, yeah. I <laughs> it has to be, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it's... Uh, it's, 
it hasn't been a great season. You know, from going from last season when we finished tenth, mm. I think we sort of expected sort of around the same position, if not better. You know, mm. um, and it hasn't sort of gone that way. It's been difficult, obviously, with you know Andy Carroll's injury. We haven't had a striker. Um, but the football as well has been painful to watch at times as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, bang on. Um, well, I, I was going through your Twitter, having a little stalk of your Twitter feed earlier, and I think you mentioned that um, <laughs> Ricardo Vazte was one player who's, who was asking about how the ladies' team's going. How many yeah, of the first team are, are interested? Um, I, we basically, um, we met him, we got invited to the training ground mm. one day, um, and he was there and sort of, he obviously met all the ladies. And then I met him a couple of times after. Mm. Um, I actually met him after the Beyonce concert. <laughs> wow. Wow. Exclusive. <laughs> was Exclusive. at the Beyonce concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I saw him after that and like, once I said, once I said obviously about the ladies, he didn't say, oh, we don't see you very often at the training ground. And I said, no, you won't do. Because um, mm. we don't really have much involvement with the men's team. Um, but then I saw him again at the, um, I took my niece to the open day at the training That's lovely, yeah. Good on yeah. Ricardo Vazte. Just a shame he likes Beyonce. That's the only criticism I've ever <laughs> That's probably how he got injured. <laughs> yeah. Um, amazing. Well, you know, it's a little bit of good news in what's been quite a gloomy yeah. few weeks. So uh, congratulations again. Yeah, you've got my Thank vote you. for Hammer of the Year, Stacey. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, congratulations once again and thanks very much for joining us. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks, Stacey. Cheers, bye. Stacey Little, West Ham uh, ladies captain there. Silverware. Silverware, lifting trophies and all that. Um, let's deal with some other West Ham news. So you've put in here, mentioned Bish competition. Yes, yeah, so Ian Bishop, uh, star of the last podcast, Andy. And he's now got a vendetta against him. <laughs> <laughs> he's his nemesis. Um, he's going to make a computer uh, game. And it's him versus Bish. I, thought that was, I actually thought that was serious then. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm in. We're like a street fighter. We're going to pre-order it. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, Ian Bishop said I have to mention his competition. So I'll mention his competition. Um, so if you go onto his website, which is bluemoonintl.com. As in international. International. So it's uh, You can win uh, tickets in the box to West Ham Man City, dinner, two nights accommodation, and travel. Travel. <laughs> so just go and check out his website. Uh, he's, a, he's a good bloke and he's helped us out, so I said I'd help yeah, him out. Ian BlueMoonIntel.com. BlueMoonIntel.com. Everyone should do that because yeah. that, uh, A, that's brilliant, free travel, especially if you're an international liver listener. Yeah. Don't want to stitch Ian Bishop up too yeah, much, though. Yeah, it looks in terms and conditions. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it I'm, I'm actually in a box for that game as well, so you get to meet me as well. Oh, really? Are you? Oh, you're going to say that's part of the prize. Yeah, might my game, yeah, go and. Tell yeah. him off yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for stealing your limelight. Yeah. Take him down. Uh, everyone should the do that. Three. Everyone should do that because Ian Bishop is a real friend of the show. He's amazing and a proper laugh, as Andy found out to his uh, unluckiness. <laughs> that's a word. Yeah, that's not, I don't know where you went with it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Take it. I got to the end of it. I didn't know where I was going with it. No. Uh, as everyone heard, right? Let's do some predictions. Yes. Uh, West Brom away. Andy, I mean, traditionally, I've got. I feel like we get do well there. I can't think of. Well, I, I, the one thing I do know is you can't predict us. So if we've been mm. shite for the last couple of games, we're undoubtedly going to go there and have at least one good first mm. half, right? Um, or can it be a draw? Take that. I'd take that. Yeah, we're currently a one-half team, aren't we? We'll play one good half. One good half against Arsenal, one good half against... Mm-hmm. Well, one average half against Palace. I reckon they'll play into our hands. I mean, I don't know if you saw the uh, the interview with... It's Pepe Mel, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, after the game this week, he, he called it a cup final. Said He said the entire season for us has been leading to this game. So Allardyce is probably going, brilliant. Yeah. I yeah. enjoy you attacking our back 10 then. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have to win, don't they? Yeah. Essentially, because Cardiff uh, are right... Up their bottom. Uh, so I have to win. Um, uh, I'm going to say we're going to win 2-1. Uh, 
you know yeah. who scored? Like Graham Dorms. Anyone we're linked with always scores against us. We're and we've been linked with him for years, haven't we? I didn't see his goal against City. I thought he didn't even play for them for a little while. Yeah, he didn't. Did he? Isn't it one of those where we get linked to like a player with a team below us? Yeah. yeah. And they just fall out. Like uh, Punchin, who's now like scoring. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Buffon. I tell you what, yeah. listening to the Palace, go on, punch, go on, punch, like he was Lionel Messi yeah. on Saturday. Wound me up so much. Um, <laughs> go on, punch! <laughs> Fuck off. He's dog shit. And he'll go back to being dog shit. He's just had a good little spell. I think you should drop the what uh, celebrity Palace fan you were, you were watching the game with. Uh, well, I was in with Ben Shepherd and uh, Suzanne Re- Susanna Reid was there. <laughs> from Strictly Come Dancing. But because she's a, she's a Palace fan and she's working with Ben. Yeah. But she was lovely. <laughs> but she wasn't really celebrating. But the, guy, the guy just around for me. Go on, punch! Go on, punch. Fuck off. Um, you're all I, shit and you're going back to being shit lastly before we sign off uh, I think honourable honourable mention to the Palace fans their song was fucking useless yep. in, ret- in a retort to Andy Carroll I thought, I thought uh, Andy Carroll you looked like your mum my favourite one, one was Roger Johnson <laughs> Roger Johnson he's going to Brazil that made me laugh oh, yeah. a lot and Roger Johnson was smirps as he heard that <laughs> I thought that was a good song yeah revealing his holiday plans um Excellent. Okay, thank you very much, James. I'd say the real um, big announcement, what well, a big shocker, oh, of course. exclusive. This uh, episode has been Vasté was at a Beyonce concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Trevor shock. Sinclair mucking around on a speedboat. God, it's, this has been full of exclusives. Wow, actually, now you mentioned it, there's quite a lot we've, we've got through, actually, yeah. Uh, full of exclusives. Uh, thank you very much for your contribution. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> thank you, uh, Andy. Thank you very much for, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, thank you. Much improved performance from Indeed. your first appearance. Uh, but then Ian Bishop wasn't uh, stealing your limelight. Yeah, it's probably beer for the next one, money. Yeah. Andy's off straight to log on to come dot com to pick up his uh, award tickets. Indeed. Yes, and you can do so yourself. KUMB dot com. Ten pounds a ticket. Martin Allen. McAvenny. End of season. He's done uh, working men's club. Really cheap beers. Any profit goes to Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore. Cancer charity. Amazing, amazing thing to do. And you can help contribute to that. Be yep. there. It's going to be a good night. Andy's going to be there. And you can follow Andy on Twitter at SPO1. Really good. That was a good guess. SPIO1. That's me. Remember that. Follow James on Twitter at Longers1. You follow myself, Chris, on CJ Skull. Skull of the Sea. It's not my thing, isn't it? You can follow Graham on Twitter at KUMBDOTCOM. The KUMB. KUMB Facebook group is a thing that exists. Or Graham at youporn.com. <laughs> There's also uh, oh, the KUMB birth- forum. It's his birthday today. Is it? Yes. Oh, I'll text him. Yeah. So and you can tweet. That, that's yesterday. Uh. when this comes out tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's his birthday. So tweet him happy birthday. Tweet KUMB DOTCOM. Say happy birthday. He kept it very quiet, but it is his birthday. 60 years old. He doesn't 66 look 66 years old. <laughs> 79. Nine, 92 Send birthday. him a telegram Tell him <laughs> <laughs> From the Queen Or a Queen <laughs> On old Compton Street uh, Absolutely right Thank you very much gentlemen Let's hope for a better time Against West Brom Come on you Come on you